0: Station two two two, bring it up, Darby Dawn. How are you folks out there tonight? Keep them cards and letters coming in. Just keep writing right here, and we'll do all the good things for you here at Station 2-2-2. Two, two, two. Yeah. Darby <laughs> Dawn <be done> here. <coughs> oh, yes, of course. This is uh, the final and tonight, the final and concluding chapter of Godzilla meets Godzonka. You know who Godzonke is? That's the new monster we have created based on the on the, on the total monster concept. You know, everybody has a monster in his life, even if it's only in his mind. And uh, you, a lot of you even married the uh, the monster in your life. Now uh, that includes all six or seven sexes here at this point. And uh, so I'm uh, <laughs> making no uh, no no absolute. Uh, decisions one way or the other as to morality. However, I will say this. You are at the right spot on the dial tonight for a horror story par excellence. Now, you recall yesterday, as we began our our tremendous uh, episode of Godzonka, Godzonka is a classical, uh, a truly uh, evil monster. Now, all monsters are supposed to be evil, very few of them achieve it, uh, primarily because uh, uh, the people who create monsters are too uh, tied to the past. They think monsters are mummies. Well, uh, Philip Roth took care of mummy in the Portnoy's complaint, didn't he? He certainly did. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> mummies has been uh, put down by every playwright from, uh, from uh, well, from O'Neill through uh, Tennessee Williams. And so mummies aren't really as evil as they used to be. Do you agree? No. Uh, uh, vampires, bloodsuckers, are not as evil as they used to be because most of us have become vampires or bloodsuckers one way or another. depends on the union you're in, right? So uh, <laughs> so who can be afraid of a... Who can be afraid of Dracula? Dracula, Dracula. That's a great new tune. Who well, nobody's afraid of Dracula anymore because, as I said, bloodsucking is a major national sport today. So you can't be afraid of yourself, right? All you got to do is grow them little teeth in the front, huh? Those two little sharp teeth. Although uh, some people are already growing them. My God, I will tell you, the other day I went into I went into my bank and I, I just had a little technical problem to clear up, you know. I just went in there, I had a couple of forms and stuff, and I sat down at this guy's desk. Now I've been seeing this guy for a long time, the same guy in the bank, you know. He's got this little vice president sign and uh, he smiled at me and he's the guy that approves loans I had nothing to do with loans he just happens to approve loans you know the one well actually he disapproves loans he he doesn't actually approve them he has a big thing that says reject you know and he keeps (laughs) he laughs He's no. It's funny to see him reading these applications once in a while. I will sneak up on him, you know, and he'll actually be laughing at you <laughs> He laughs. Hey, hey, uh, Fred, look at this one. <laughs> then he takes the great big stamp. got <laughs> down the chute. It goes well. He, uh, funny thing, uh, I, I sat down opposite him. You know, I just needed a form filled out or something, and he smiled. And by George. He's got these two sharp teeth in the front. He never had them before. He kept looking at my neck. What am I going to do, you know? But uh so the evil uh, and monsters are are they uh, they very they're very very personal, you know. And uh, and I must say that the Japanese have a firm grasp of the monster world. And uh, last night as we pointed out uh, uh that Rodnan was actually found in uh, Texas. As you know, a 51-foot wingspan flying mammal. Wow, that's Rodin, right out of the book. It is. And uh, I'd like to hear how... Well, I know how Rodin sounded. You all know how Rodin sounded. Let's give us a little little practice Rodin sound here. Ah! 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 I make a good Rodin. I have had long experience in screaming, blood-curdling screams of despair. Which, incidentally, is what all comics have long practiced. <laughs> I got a letter from a guy. You know, I, I'll tell you, it's very interesting. The listeners to this show are divided into two groups. One group who actually realizes that I'm funny, and another group that thinks I'm very serious, and they're going to help me do the show by telling me a very interesting story that happened to their grandmother. <laughs> yes, Indeed. Hello there, Fatso. How are you out there? Well, uh, nevertheless, uh, I'd like to give you another Rodin, please, if you may. Uh, oh, another guy wrote to me. So, shepherd. you're too self-indulgent. And I'd like to tell you this. You point out to me a good comic who isn't self-indulgent, and I'll point out to you an insurance man. The only way you can get ahead in this, uh, the only way you can do what you do, there's no artist that isn't self-indulgent. <laughs> by nature, that's what an artist is. He indulges in the self. And that's why, by the way, practically every totalitarian regime, the first thing they do is chase the artist out of the country. Because, you know, a guy sitting around there painting them pictures, you know, making making generals look like big fat slobs with uh, bugging eyeballs, you know, he gets chased right out quick. Uh, that's self-indulgent? Oh, you bet. Uh, the guy that writes the story, you know, that, uh, <laughs> well, uh, you go on we got the only country in the world you can do this, you know? I must say that, and I'm not chauvinistic, but this is the only country in the world where a guy can do what I'm doing on the radio. Believe me. I can guarantee you that. You, if, if you think that's not true, you name another country. And if you say England, you don't know anything about the BBC, buddy, oh boy. Right. That's right. Well, oh, not you. Oh, heavens no. You never heard of the BBC. Huh? Well, uh, nevertheless, uh, I must say that uh, before we get on with uh, with tonight's, concluding episode of the thrilling saga of Godzonka, a true American monster. See, the thing that makes this monster real is that he's an American monster. Now, uh, the Japanese monster, for example, one of my favorite ones, is, uh, is, come on, which which one? Let's see if you remember. What is the monster that eats transformers and lives on electricity? Gamira, Correct. Gamira ate... Oh, and he was a horrible monster because... You see, there's nothing more uh, important to the Japanese than electricity. After all, their whole bit, you know, is hi-fi, stereo, Panasonic television sets. And if a monster comes and eats all the transformers and eats up all the electricity, forget it. Their whole business is down the drain, right? So that's why Gamera was a really scary Japanese monster. Yes, I remember one scene where he was high up on this mountain uh, eating this uh, AC power station. Yeah, and he was crunching it and yelling. Oh, he yelled like crazy. And the way it went, uh, give me a little more of that. Boom!
1: Kaboom! Kaboom!
0: That was the sound of Gamera eating a 30,000-volt... 17 amp transformer. Of course, it was blowing up like crazy. Sparks coming out of his ears and everything. He loved it. See, he lived on that. He mainlined uh, AC current. He did not uh, live on DC. Interestingly enough, he. You know, there were no scenes of him eating a great big case of pen light batteries, which wouldn't have been very exciting because they don't make many sparks. But they sure play hob with your lower colon, I can tell you. But uh, nevertheless. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Gamira, <laughs> Gamera was you know one of my favorite animals And so we introduced last night The saga uh, of uh, Godzonka Now you see the name is important Godzonka, God, God You see, evil, uh, good All of these things, thunderbolts uh, You notice Godzilla uh, Has the name G-O-D in there See, this is all part of them You don't know whether you love, hate, relationship is very important in monsters uh, But Godzonka is based on an America. Of course, we all know it's based on Larry Zonka. Uh, Larry Zonka, if you've ever tried to stop him short of a seven-yard gain, you know. So, uh, monsters... <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll, we'll conclude uh, tonight's exciting episode of Godzonka strikes again. Well, incidentally, this is only the first movie in the series. We are going to have other series, other movies when Godzonka returns. You know, none of these monsters are ever killed, Ultimately. How many times has Frankenstein's monster come back? Now, you know, Frankenstein is not the name of the monster. I hate to tell you this. You know that. That's the name of the doctor. It is Dr. Frankenstein, who was trying all of his life to create life, to bring back uh, people and to to restore life. Uh, And that's what his whole career was about. Of course, everybody's against that in that little town there where he worked. It was not Transylvania. Where did, where, I bet none of you know where, where uh, Dr. Frankenstein did his original work. Whiting, Indiana. That's right. Uh, he later moved to that uh, dark European country where guys hopped around and played flutes, uh, Igor. But the, what was the name of his monster? Aha. And was it a monster? Or did, was he just the first organization man? Who knows? All right, uh, let's get on with the commercials first, and then we will bring you the story of Godzanka. Let me a little echo chamber. Godzanka, Godzanka strikes, strikes again. again. All visitors are requested to leave the ship. Please proceed to the gangway on the main deck. Bye, have fun.
1: Bye-bye, have a good day. Oh, honey, I wish we were going to. Why be left behind? This year you can make the possible dream come true. A 10 or 11 day Holland America cruise to the West Indies on the beautifully luxurious S.S. Veendam, Dam. The very finest in whining and dining, entertainment and service, all with no gratuities required. Plus five of the nicest islands in the whole balmy Caribbean. Rates from just $595, with no fuel surcharges or price increases after you book. Sailings April through November. So see your travel agent or call Holland America, 212-760-3880. That's 212-760-3880. The S.S. Veendam Dam is registered in the Netherlands Antilles. We're sure, we're sure, we're sure at Shopwell. We're sure about our quality,
0: fed choice meat. We're sure. We're sure about our chicken. We're
1: sure. about uh, na Come
0: on, you sing you go it out there, gang. Well, Let's go.
1: Shop
0: Let's shop go. go. Let's we're shop. Well, we're sure about our farm-fresh dairy. We're, we're sure. Bum, 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 sure. sure. about our fresh, so This is beautiful is choreography. So we Boy, look at those feather sure boas. Nothing. let Pop, 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 put, well. We're sure, we're sure, we're, we're sure. sure. Yeah. 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 Bop, uh, one Progresso, one one imported one Italian one tomatoes, 35-ounce cans, 79 cents. At Shumpwell, at Shumpwell, at, well. at, well. well. at Shumpwell, well. well. U.S. Choice Boneless Bottom Round or Shoulder Roast, pound, $1.19. Sing it out. At Shumpwell, at
1: Shumpwell, <laughs>
0: Uh, th- th- no, no, that's a, That's a whole... Hold it hold, hold in there. Thank you, thank you. See, that's a live one. Live one, live one. We got a live spot here. live spot. Yes, I can hardly wait to get to tonight's episode of Good Zonka. Really, it's exciting. It's all about monsters. Reminds me, this is WOR, New York. Uh, Dance With Me, Broadway's new Madcap musical, scored a big hit with the critics. And the audience is apparently like it, too, with a cast of right young energetic uh, young players. Dance with me proves that the good old days are here right now, and tomorrow will be even better. Everything's coming up, roses. Ho, ho, ho. It's filled with tuneful songs and the rapid rhythm of today's living. I'm just reading the copy. This is not me commenting, because I did not see this. See Dance with Me at the Mayfair Theatre, 46th Street, west of Broadway. Correct them all?
1: Uh-huh. We'd like to offer you a rebate of $100, $150, even $200. And you don't even have to buy a car to get it. Because now, in a bow to today's economy, Saramar Beach Hotel on the picturesque north shore of Puerto Rico will give you a rebate on a luxurious resort vacation. Stay with us a minimum of six nights between March 1st and March 31st, Modified American Plan, or take one of Saramar's regular six-night packages. And we'll rebate $100 on your total single or double occupancy room bill at checkout. Or $150 for triple occupancy. Or $200 quadruple occupancy. You can apply the rebate to rooms, meals, greens fees on Sarah Mar's two golf courses, tennis, anything. It's a great way to snap out of winter and snap up a bargain. For details of Sarah Mar's March rebate plan or for reservations, see your travel agent or in New York, call 586-4459. Five eight six four four five nine.
0: I wonder if uh, in uh, in other countries do they play uh, transcriptions telling you to come to the colorful Indianapolis Hilton for two weeks? I wonder. I guess they <laughs> they must. <might>, you know. <laughs> see the natives grazing in the corn. Which high potency vitamin do physicians and pharmacists recommend most? Theragran and Theragran M as in Mexico with uh, minerals by Squib. The name Squib on the label means that you have no doubt about the honor or the integrity of the maker and uh, that's something big these days. Hey, didn't they just uh, get some guy here in our local uh, administration here <laughs> He's in the slam but they have nothing to do with the vitamins. Forget it. Right now, you can take advantage of a great special offer by 100 Theragran or Theragran M tablets at the regular price and you get 30 extra that's 30 extra tablets at no extra cost and that's a whole month supply right but the offer is limited get your theogram now for mixed vitamin deficiencies available at all fine neighborhood Genovese drugstore outlets
1: Mommy Working girls is the key. What a the You will find that all good things. Here is
0: the Grand Union. <laughs> Here are some grand buys at Grand Union this week. You got a little play on words there. A fantastic sale on genuine fresh American lamb. Choose your favorite cut at reduced prices. Freshly ground beef, round Chuck, and you know how round he is these days. Any size package, 89 cents a pound.
1: La-da-tou. La-da-tou. La-da-tou and thank you,
0: Tell you I sing a hell of a lot better, Sherry Henry. <laughs> I was going into the second chorus, which, by the way, has lyrics. You just can't do them on the air. Kids, you know, at this hour. We could play it if we were on a four in the morning, you know. Adult radio. Run, Union. Uh, say, while we're speaking of, uh, of adults here, we've got all the commercials done, right? We have to take care, since this is Friday, take care of a few letters here first, and then we'll get in to tonight's, uh, What's the matter? To tonight's, uh episode of Godzonka, which, by the way, concludes this particular adventure of your favorite monster. You recall living in the cave in Utah, and the young uh, astrophysical scientist, also a colonel in the Air Force, Steve, remember him? Drives that 57 Ford like you see in all the the Class X movies, or Class B, really. (laughs) Yeah, it's an L.A. cheapie, actually, and uh, they all have 57 Fords. You know, usually convertibles, Uh, because you know it's much cheaper to shoot in the convertible. You know, the top. You don't have to get the camera in there. Oh, you know, they get all involved. And uh, he's with his girlfriend. Uh, uh, We've selected a typical name that they all have, either Beverly or Barbara. You take your choice. And uh, she is a young astrophysical biochemist. And just by an odd coincidence, the the uh, scientists who uh, has been predicting disaster as a result of the evil atomic bomb testing over the state of Utah, is played by Keenan Wing. Keenan Wing, Dr. Osserschlager. And uh, he's, uh, he's having a terrible time getting in touch with Steve and Barbara, telling them to look out, that Godzanka is loose, and that uh, he suspects that he is up to no good, as all good monsters are up to, right? Now, uh, while we're on the subject of... Uh, Getting some of the mail out of the way. Kid here writes, Shepherd, I hear you're a stamp collector. <laughs> Kid, are you kidding? I'm a stamp collector. Get out. Kid, I went through the stamp collecting phase at the age of four. Collected 17 bags of Yugoslavian stamps, which I bought for 10 cents a bag at Woolworth. Did you know they used to sell stamps, at Woolworth collectors? Yeah, sure. They had a stamp department. They used to have a goldfish department at Woolworth, too. And a canary department. And you go and watch the canaries. You know, it was a real terrible scene. I once saw a, a shoplifter get caught going out of a Woolworths with a canary sticking out of his ear. And it's not easy to shoplift a canary, I'll tell you. A little varmints, they keep yelling and how, you know how they are. They don't, no, nobody cooperates. But he, uh, Kid wrote and says, uh, Here you're a stamp collector. No, kid, I'm not. I have two esoteric, three esoteric hobbies, only two of which I'll tell you about. Uh, one esoteric hobby is would you believe it or not I collect fountain pens I do I collect fountain pens I really do I can't tell you why I like fountain pens I love them <laughs> I do I collect yeah well you know do you know that that, that uh, Mort Saul is a watch freak every time Saul goes out on a road trip or any place he buys some kind of a cockamamie watch and uh, he wears them all the time sometimes he has 30-40 watches going all the way up his left arm you know He's walking with a limp these days. They're so heavy, and he's got cuckoo clock watches, and uh, he's got watches that give you a shock every time you tell a lie. He's got uh, he's got watches that uh, have special little uh, uh, little uh, concrete. Uh, uh, oh, you know, it's just a, wow. He's got a mugger watch, by the way. It's great. Oh yeah, when you're approached by a mugger, it shoots poison gas into his nostrils, just like that. See what you have to do? You say to the mugger, say, "Excuse me, mugger." Do uh, you mind if I uh, check the time so that when the police ask me what time this happened that I can tell them? Well, now, your average mugger, he's seen plenty of television shows. He knows this is important. So your usual mugger, he wants to get on the record. So the mugger, says, yeah, go ahead, but make it quick. At that point, you grab your watch. You say, oh, ho, ho, it's ten minutes past 4 a.m. And just as you say that, it is voice-operated. Shh, right in, the, right in the nostril. He's a debtor. Then, of course, you frisk him, grab his wallet, and leave. So I, uh, Everybody has to live. You know, I saw a cop today, just sad cop. You know, he's been on the force 30 years here in New York, and um, I, he was looking kind of sad. He was out here at the corner of 48th Street, 6th Avenue, and I'm walking along, and, and I stopped, and I, I bought a paper. I bought my favorite porny rag. You know what pornography is getting to be? Pictures of people with clothes on, see? So I bought this uh, this paper there, and uh, I'm standing in the corner, and, I just had to talk to him. I was waiting for the light, and I says, "Uh, Gee, you look kind of down today, officer. He says, Show him the glory I am. And I said, What's the matter? He says, Well, he says, I guess uh, habits don't go away so easy. And I said, What's the matter, officer O'Leary? I could tell by his uh, name tag that his name was officer O'Leary. It was spelled L-E-E-R-Y. He's very leery of everything. So I said, Officer O'Leary, what is the trouble? He says, Well, he says, You know, all the young men on the force." they say every time they get a bad guy they say freeze and I keep saying halt this is about the old days you know I studied under Jimmy Cagney and Pat O'Brien in the movies and they always said halt halt stop thief and I chased the guy all the way up to 57th street hollering halt and I forgot I should say freeze today so uh, you know in television today they holler freeze right nobody hollers halt stop freeze and it was sad he's the last of the old guard so, uh, nevertheless, uh, I collect fountain pens, kid. And uh, if any of you have got an old fountain pen out there that you don't like, one that's been squirting ink all over your $70 suits, and, uh, or even if it doesn't work, it doesn't matter. You just send it off here. I'll take care of it. I'll I'll, uh, I'll take care of the fountain pen here. I'll get it working. I'll give it a good home. And uh, that's all right, That's a, the only way, you know. Fountain pens are totally useless. So don't think they're worth an immense amount of money. I have a friend once... Who had an Estherbrook? No, let's get into that one. I just like to know how many fountain pens have kept many a cleaning establishment in business. Oh, oh, oh I'll tell you, <laughs> you're great. <laughs> I remember one time you know, I got this fountain pen when I was graduating, and my my um, Aunt Glenn gave it to me. It was a fountain. It was a modeled kind of it had like a sort of fake marble. And I really thought it was great. It was uh, it was a, it was a Waterman pen and uh you know the Waterman it was really great and i you know that was a very elegant pen supposedly at the time so i i was given this uh this fountain pen the day of my graduation from eighth grade and uh and i was really proud of it see so immediately i filled it up with ink and i had this graduation suit you know how kids get a graduation suit and i stuck the fountain pen right where my old man always wore his fountain pen which was in the breast pocket inside of the The coat suit, see? It was fantastic. By the end of that afternoon, I didn't know it. I had a two-tone suit. I had a two-tone suit. Ledger blue (laughs) and iridescent pink, which was the original color of the suit. Well, you know how kids, they think pink suits look great. But uh, I'll never forget that. And it never came out, you know. They uh, they had this thing that says washable ink on the other side. That really doesn't mean you can wash it out. It means you can wash hell out of it nothing happened. That's what that means. So, uh, <laughs> nothing came out. So, I collect fountain pens. Maybe it's a form of retribution. Uh, so, if you have an old fountain pen, just send it off here to, to the station, W-O-R, and send it and, and address it to Fountain Pen Freak. And uh, they'll know who it is Fountain Pen Freak Shepherd. And I'll get it. I also collect old radios. Unfortunately, most of my listeners to listen to me on old radios, so it's self-destructive. If I collect all the old radios my listeners have got, I got no rating, and then I have to go on PBS again and do one of those, uh, you know, one of those uh, shows where you interview authors. However, let's get back to reality. All set in there? Those are my hobbies. I collect old radios, and if you have an old radio in the attic and you'd like to get rid of it just send me a note and I will make a decision as to whether I want it don't think I want them all daddy (laughs) oh wow Uh, but the fountain pens you know Okay, now let's get back to our let's get back to tonight's adventure now this is a truly horrible monster and if if you have a kid that uh, is squeamish and uh, actually this is the kind of monster that will scare grown ups one that scares kids because of the ramifications of this monster remember monsters are only fearsome if they deal with something that is crucial to your life, to your way of existence. So, for example, uh, Dracula was evil because, not because he sucked blood, but because, you know what he did? He gave the people who he infected with that evil Dracula bacillus, he gave them eternal life, which was totally irreligious. Now, today, you'd kind of like to see Dracula. Today, you know, with the the decline of religion, Dracula knocks on your door with the bloody teeth and all that bit. Come on in, friend. You know, that'll show those guys at the AMA. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Well, (laughs) it's kind of like a chain letter. You know, you had to go around and nip somebody else to keep in the club. So, uh, nevertheless, uh, Dracula was irreligious. Uh, That's really basically. And that's why Frankenstein's monster was evil. I mean, he was bringing back the... The uh, the dead, see, and bringing them back to life. That's a terrible religious. Only when Gabriel blows that big trumpet in the sky, and all the dead supposedly come back to uh, some kind of corporeal existence, whatever the fundamentalists believe. This, uh, but here, this guy was doing it in his own laboratory and cackling while he did it.
1: <laughs> I'll bring
0: them back, you know. And he had a kite. You remember the kite up in the air? He was taking the, the lightning bolts. And they were uh, bringing the electricity and, and putting the uh, putting putting the things on his ear, and it was fantastic, right? Well, all right. We have a truly horrible monster for you tonight. Will you hear what he does? All right. Now, here we go. All set now. Get ready with our theme. Our theme. Now wait a minute. It's number two. This is our theme. Our theme. As we bring you part two, the concluding part, the concluding portion of. Godzanka! You will recall that our yesterday's episode opened with a voice from a high. Intoning over a scene of an exploding atomic bomb, the voice said, Man, man Man is is dealing dealing with forces. forces... ...of the unknown. unknown. He, he is, is playing with, with natural, natural forces, forces... ...which, could, which destroy could destroy all human, human life, life as we as know... ...on the face of, of the earth. earth. Mankind must, must beware. beware. And as the, as the bomb exploded... ...we saw coming out of a cave... In the dark of night, the glowing eyes of an enormous creature that had been disturbed from its age-old sleep of over 72 million years, a creature which had existed long before the age of reptiles. As it came slowly to life and moved out of the cave into the Utah desert, we heard the first sounds of Gatsunka after his 72 million years sleep. Once again, was a stalk in the land. And another great monster had been awakened by man's silly, foolish, monkeying around with atomic sources of power of the total universe. And back in the Pentagon, Professor Kurt von Oshenschlager, played by Keenan Wynn, warned his fellow scientists about what was about to occur. In fact, reports had already come back from Utah, ...of a strange monster seen by travelers late at night. A monster that no one could quite countenance or believe existed. But Dr. von Aschenschlager said, and we quote, "...I was telling them from the very beginning that they cannot rule with these sources of eternal power... ...which could very well prove to be the final death knell of mankind as we know it, of course, in our century." And you mean to tell me that young doctor Steve and young Dr. Barbara have gone all the way out to Utah? And they I, I have warned them that this monster could very well be so evil that none of us can deal with it. We must get the Air Force, we must get the army, we must get the sheriff of Utah County, we must get everybody involved. And at that point he hung up. He was talking on the telephone to the sheriff of Utah very important type he has his big hat on that and he has all these squad cars they're 1957 Ford's all over and just police on the side and who is it's played by Forrest Tucker and Forrest Tucker hung up the phone said well I had another one of those kooks on the phone Clyde call it here he says there's some monster Going around the desert out there. I'll tell you what that monster is. That's, <laughs> that's Clyde's wife, right, Clyde? <laughs> we know about that. Well, he ain't going to forget me going running out there in the dock with all my shotguns going, all that kind of stuff. They ain't going to fool me. Well, at that point, the camera suddenly shifted, and a new scene had opened up, and we saw Steve, young Dr. Steve, who was also a colonel in the Air Force Reserve. Young Dr. Steve, who is a biochemist, a famous astrologist. He is driving along in his 57 Ford convertible mysteriously He's suddenly gotten all the way from the Pentagon to the Utah desert. And unsuspectingly, he is driving along this dark highway with uh, Barbara, his uh, colleague in the laboratory. She is a young biochemist of exceedingly interesting charms. And they are driving along in the dark. And Steve is saying, (laughs) Poor old Dr. Ossenschlager. He's a poor old guy. He's probably finally gone bonkers. He believes there's a monster loose here. (laughs) And <laughs> the Utah desert how ridiculous well I've driven all the way out here to prove to him that this is not so and it's probably just some guy fooling around with his bulldozer but we'll take care of that right uh, Barbara she says well I don't know I don't know you know Dr. Ossenschlager was right that other time when he predicted those monster words would come out and would eat all the popcorn in the shows that time you remember that he was right, and I'm not taking him so lightly. as You are. <laughs> well, Barbara, I'll show you that there's nothing out here in this simple wilderness to fear. Why, this is the West, where never a discouraging word is heard. And at that point, just as they turn, it's dark, of course, they go around a corner of a mountain, and they see suddenly, coming directly towards them, this... Looks like a pair of headlights high up in the sky. Actually, these are the glowing eyes of Godzonka, but they're not aware of that yet. He comes around and says, Hey, look at Barbara. There seems to be an airplane or something in trouble. Look at those headlights approaching us. And then suddenly they hear echoing out of the canyons the dreaded cry that had not been heard for 72 million years. It was the voice of Godzonka, who was out stalking for the food that would keep him in existence and ravaging the world that he knew. At that point, Steve, seeing this and hearing this great cry, still not understanding what he is seeing, says to Barbara, it's not one of them kooks and one of them semi-tractor traders. These guys think they own the road. Look at this idiot. And listen to that horn he's got. Thinks he can buffalo me, eh? Well, I'm on my side of the road, and I pay my taxes, and I got a driver's license. At that point, he drove straight at the monster, when suddenly he sees, in his headlight, Gadunka himself, who has now risen up on his back, enormous claw-covered legs with scales. Oh, he's got scales, he's got feathers, he's also got fur! It's an unbelievable monster. It looks like, uh, actually what it looks like is a gigantic primordial bat, an enormous bat, over 75 feet tall, six stories high, with glowing red, greenish eyes that glow with an inner radiance. His teeth are flashing in the darkness. His great wings are blotting out the moon and the sky as he flaps his leathery wings. Curiously enough, he looks like a cross between a bat and a simple garden grub. Oh, it's an awful thing. Terrible. And then he lets go, his primordial mating cry, as he sees what he considers another enemy coming right at him. Steve and Barbara in their 57 Ford Galaxy. He screams, ah! At that point, Steve gets on his two-way radio. Hello, this is Steve. Uh, Sheriff? Steve? Steve here. Sheriff? We've just sighted Godzanka. He's approaching on Highway Twelve. He is now just making a turn. You know where that big S bend goes past the McDonald's. He is now coming towards me at this point. I'll have to sign off now. But he is now on the attack. Godzanka is alive. Oh, my God! At that point, you see the sheriff now It switches back to the sheriff, and his radio's going. <laughs> uh,
1: it's a it's, it's,
0: uh, ah, oh, He's
1: Godzanka. Ah,
0: he's gone. Great, Scott. This must be some kind of a trick. I don't believe that. He's said, all right, you guys, get out there and go down that Route 12 down there and get down towards that McDonald's because Steve is out there and Steve says that there's some kind of a monster. He's probably been drinking, but we can't take no chances, boys. At that point, the two squad cars go roaring out. Wow! Off they go into the night with their red lights flashing on the top of the car there. And whoo, 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 they're going off into the night. The great wheels of justice are beginning to move. And America is beginning to stir from its lethargy. As they realize a monster is at long lasting, and you see lightning, little lines of communication going along the telephone poles. Gadonka, gadonka. We see a quick shot of what looks like Lyle Van on the television. He says, Today it was reported that a monster named gadonka was loose on the Utah desert. All people are warned, and then that's quickly shot. There's a quick shot inside the Pentagon, and you see a great crowd of army officers saying, We're pointing at a map. And they're saying, we must alert the fighter squadrons. And then you see fighters in the air, all moving towards Kudzanka. And now there's a shot now where we begin to approach Kazanka himself. It is dark, and Kudzanka is rising up on his hind legs. He screams again. <laughs> and now we see Steve and Barbara hiding behind one of the hills. He says, we've got to, we stand alone. You and I stand between... The destruction of all mankind. God, what we have loosed with our atomic energy tests. Oh, Professor Roshenschlager was right. What are we going to do if I could only get Professor Roshenschlager on our two-way radio? He's the only man that could give us the formula to stop Godzonka. But my two-way radio has been put out of action by mysterious magnetic waves, which obviously Godzonka is generating from deep inside of his primordial bloodstream. We must solve this problem or mankind is dum 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 Wow, at this time, we're just going to have to take a couple of seconds to let you rest. Phew, oh, now you run out and go to the joint, you come back with another box of popcorn, and now you're ready to see the rest of the movie, right? You're going to find out what Kazanka is after, and that's what Professor Ossenschlachter knows. Professor Osherslogger is frantically trying to contact the sheriff of Utah County because he knows how to finally get him. He says, quick, quick, put me through. What do you mean? All the lines are busy. I must get through. I have the formula. I know how to stop Godzanka. He will kill everything in his path. He has an insatiable thirst. And at that point, we see Godzanka now moving along this great four-lane highway. He is covering it with enormous wings. He's crunching down Greyhound buses. People are screaming and running into the desert. He is smashing down semi-tractor trailers. He's even smashing down new pintos, everything. He's walking along the highway and he's screaming as he goes. And suddenly he stands high up on his hind legs. He has spotted what his goal, his destination is. And for that brief moment. That brief instant. That Hey, come on. Now watch my cues, you guys. You get so involved in the story. You're up there. Come on. Give me number one. One. That's right. He has spotted that instant. That moment. When you're doing a dramatic show, you got to watch your cues, you fools. Let's go. He has spotted his destiny. And a brief... Mysterious hush falls over the desert as Gazanka moves inexorably forward. People run screaming into the night. And you see the police cars roaring up with shotguns at the ready. We see great jet planes coming from the far eastern horizon all the way from the Pentagon. We see atomic bombs being readied because this could be the end of all mankind. Gazanka has become activated and is on the loose. And he spots what he is after. And with a sudden rush, he envelops an SO station. An SO station and a great pipe comes out of the front of his beak. Down right into the tanks. He's sucking up the high octane SO Extra Special Gas. (laughs) Ghazanka sucks up all the gas out of the SO station And at that point we see Professor von Uscherslocker say This monster, he lives on petroleum He does nothing but drink gasoline And if he drinks all the gasoline in America, our economy will crumble into nothing. All the campers will be useless. No one will be able to take their vacation this year. We must stop that evil creature. He will destroy all of America. He drinks gasoline. There is only one solution. Even as we watch, Kazaka is growing bigger and bigger because he has that great big mouthful, that gigantic belly full of fresh, wonderful Exxon high tech. He has galloped down 40,000 gallons. And
1: now he's moving on to the shell station. Yes, he's... There goes the beak down. Ah!
0: Now he moves along US 66. He is stopped by the Getty Station. Down goes the beak. And the radio is saying at this point, ladies and gentlemen, we have terrible news to report. In just 12 minutes, Kadzanka has drunk all the gasoline in the state of Utah. He is now moving towards California, where he will have a veritable orgy of gasoline drinking. By nightfall, unless we stop Kadzanka, our entire country will go down. Our economy can no longer survive with Godzilla drinking all the gasoline. According to Professor Asenschlager of the Pentagon and the U.S. Department of Monster Control, this monster is capable of drinking all the gasoline in the world in less than three days.
1: Godzilla must be stopped.
0: that ends tonight's episode of Godzonka. holy smokes just imagine how your mommy and your daddy would feel if Godzonka drank all the gasoline in New Jersey just think how how you would feel if you had to put nothing but uh, old oleo Margaret in your Honda and it wouldn't go yes this evil monster must be stopped listen next week for the concluding chapter of Godzonka Stripes Again how do they find out how to stop them What? Secret, did Professor Schwager know? Oh, ho, tune in next week and find out, boys and girls. Boy, that was exciting, wasn't it, gang? Don't forget to send in your box top. Uh, oh, boy, this is WOR New York. Stay tuned for In Conversation.